the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Good afternoon and welcome. Great to have you on board for another edition of Lifeline. We are, of course, here every Monday through Friday from 5 until 7 p.m. addressing issues that impact your life, your world, and your Christian walk. On today's program, we continue our series dealing with the challenges of human sexuality. And as we dive into our conversation, you'll get a better understanding of what I mean by all of that. One word picture that I'd like to paint for you as we sort of establish the topic for our program today is the scene out of Acts chapter 16, verse 26. You recall Paul once again in jail, and during that time, going before the Lord in prayer, that God would rescue him, that God somehow would miraculously intervene. And boy, did he do so in a huge way. To the shock and perhaps dismay of the jailers, the earth began to quake, the walls began to shake, and suddenly the walls of that jail fell down, literally setting the captive free. That is the theme of our program today, though the jail in this case is not a literal jail made of iron and cement, but rather a jail that is based on a distortion of God's ideal picture for human sexuality. Today, we spend time talking about what sexual restoration looks like and how you can literally be free from the bondage, from the jail of distorted sexuality. Joining us once again in studio is the founder and president of Avenue, a sexual restoration ministry, Pastor Clay Allen. And always good to have you with us. Well, thank you, Craig. It's a joy to be with you. That picture of the walls falling down and the captives being set free, in this case, Paul being set free miraculously so from jail, I guess in many ways describes the place that a lot of people find themselves today in a day and age in a society that over-sexualizes absolutely everything and the kind of bondage that this presents to both men and women, to young and old, people in the pews, to even the guys in the pulpits, all oftentimes are challenged and confronted by this. The question is, how do we find healing? Yeah, it's a great question. And this is, uh, to your first point, it is so pervasive. Nobody is immune. Uh, No individual, no gender, no profession, no church. Everybody is impacted. And literally, like a, 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 a silent plague, because we're not talking about it enough, certainly not doing enough about it. And the way that people can get help is uh, the Jesus model that it's uh, in confidence, ask for help, get help without shame, uh, leave shame behind, and we will help you do that. Uh, We're a grace-filled ministry, and we want to help people know that there is help for them, whether they're a man or a pastor struggling with this topic. Uh, there is help uh, and there is a way to get out of that jail, uh, the jail of behavior, jail of mind, jail of heart. And if you're a woman that's been impacted, 
there is definitely a way that your betrayed heart, your betrayed relationship can be not only healed but restored. And this is a God's idea of taking something broken and making it more and better than the original condition, doing so on an ongoing basis so that you, your relationship, your future relationships with the Lord, with others, is always getting more and better. Uh, and that relates to your finances, and, uh, your spiritual relationship with the Lord, as well as your earthly relationships with one another. And this is the kind of God we serve, the God who knows our pain, knows our brokenness, loves us in spite of it, and says, come to me and I will help you. And the way that we do that, of course, is uh, in a confidential group setting, uh, either in person or on the phone. Uh, We help people get healed uh, through our guidebooks and through these individual uh, groups that are confidential. We found that uh, when people get together and are healing together, there is an accelerant that takes place. You can actually speed up one's healing. The guidebooks that we uh, wrote, my wife and I, uh, for the men and for the women, uh, will help guide them into this healing, this restorative process, and will also accelerate their healing. And so this is our hope uh, and our joy to see when somebody says yes to Jesus. And uh, also, I would say, offer this kind of help in their church and in their community because our community and our churches are desperate for help in this area. They're absolutely silently desperate, um, and I believe churches will grow indeed when we start offering this kind of solution, not just addressing the issue, but offering practical solutions that are confidential in nature so people can do this, uh, perhaps even in anonymity, to to get help and then to remain in help uh, on an ongoing basis because it does take some time. There is a misperception here, the misperception that says, well, if you're an alcoholic, you have a disease, but there are programs for you. We can help you get through all of this. If you've struggled with drug addiction, there are programs for that, too. If you have been through a divorce, there are programs to help you get through all of that as well. It seems as if the church in particular has been upfront in addressing quite a number of issues, but this is the one issue that the church largely doesn't know what to do with. And yet, ironically, it is God himself who created human sexuality. He has an ideal in that design, and all he's essentially saying here is, let me lead you back to that place of my perfect design for human sexuality. But we oftentimes look at this and treat it as if it's a dirty, nasty thing, and therefore not only should it, but the dysfunctionality that's sometimes associated with it just kind of be buried underneath the carpeting. Let's never talk about this. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, God made sex awesome. He invented it. You read the Bible, and you're blown away by how uh, powerful God wants us to be in one's life. He wants uh, uh, to restore our lives uh, in such a way that – Uh, that sex becomes amazing once again in a pure sort of way that doesn't uh, implode our worlds. And uh, I guess uh, the flip side of that is when uh, we look at this whole topic of uh, toxic sexuality, which, of course, again, is defined as misusing sex outside of God's uh, context for what it was originally intended for, which is to uh, be within uh, the context of marriage between a man and a woman and to be profoundly bonding and wonderful in that respect. When we get away from that and we get involved in this toxic sexuality, the antithesis of what God anticipated us to experience, and it becomes a silent pandemic, I I want the audience to think about something. If half of our country were being impacted right now by a deadly viral plague that was 
destroying people and relationships and families and hope and futures, uh, there would be a huge response to that. There would be a mobilization of people to attack this plague, to overcome this plague. Yet only 7% of churches right now are actively addressing this topic. And so there's this monstrous void of answers and practical uh, help in that respect. And, and like I said before, there is no church that's immune because it's absolutely everywhere. And people are confused because they've bought into the world's lie that boundaryless sex without God involved is a path to fulfillment and happiness. And, of course, when they don't experience that fulfillment and happiness— People start looking for answers and solutions because the world's answers aren't working for them. And certainly at the core, the world's message in relationship to either society, entertainment, Madison Avenue, of the distorted viewpoint on sexuality has led so many people to embarrassment and shame and guilt and condemnation. Your purpose here today is to create an understanding of the paradigm shift that can happen once you surrender this to the Lord and moving away from that embarrassment and shame and guilt and condemnation and rather start pivoting toward hope and healing and forgiveness and restoration. That's absolutely right, Craig. And when you look at Jesus, he always, always extended grace first. And this is so important to understand when you're struggling with something like this that's so personal and it's so shame-based that if there's one thing uh, somebody could hear uh, from me today is that if you are struggling uh, with either the impact of this in your own personal life or somebody you love and and or you're in a position of a church leader, uh, follow Jesus's example by extending grace first without diluting the truth, of course, but but to remove shame from the whole process because people already have enough shame, shame from uh, their, their selves, from others. Uh, there's no place uh, uh, for shame in somebody's life on this topic. They have enough. And so when Jesus ministered healing and restoration, he always started with grace. So whether somebody is struggling with this or they know somebody, I want to encourage them today to reach out and get help. Grab the hand of Jesus through this program, through the Avenue resources that we make available on our website or on our telephone uh, line, our hotline number, and ask for help and get help and start uh, start working our program. Get the guidebooks for men and guidebooks for our, uh, women who are impacted and uh, get into a group. Uh, these are confidential groups. They're either in person or they're mobile groups. And start the process of immersing yourself with other people who are struggling in the same area who can help you and others that have been a little bit further ahead than uh, as you are who have already been there, who can turn back and show you the road. Be a guide, if you wish, in this journey to restoration that Jesus has waiting for you. To get more information, by the way, in beginning that journey, you can start with a simple telephone call, toll-free to 877-326-7000. That's 877-326-7000. Or you can go online to avenue.works. You think of .com, .net, .org. This is .works, W-O-R-K-S, avenue.works. Through either direction, by phone or by Internet, you will be connected to a series of resources and information that can help you get involved in taking the first important steps toward experiencing, toward entering into God's grace and eventually discovering hope, 
healing, forgiveness, and restoration. Now, as you're eavesdropping on our conversation today, you might say, but Pastor Clay, Craig, you don't understand. My situation is so out of control. It's so over the top. I am so embarrassed by all of this that I don't know that there's any possible way to find hope. And if I do reach out, there is so much I have at risk in my relationship with my family, my spouse, my career, my financial future. Everything is on the line. How do I possibly dare take that first step? We'll share an insight and an answer with you as our conversation with Pastor Clay Allen from Avenue continues here on KFAX. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to Lifeline. Again, let me share that toll-free number if you'd like to get more information or get access to any of the resources that we've mentioned on today's program. You can call toll-free 877-326-7000. That's 877-326-7000. Or go online to avenue.works. That's avenue.works. And again, that's available to you online. We continue our visit today in studio with Pastor Clay Allen, founder and president of Avenue. Pastor Clay, let's talk a bit about avenues in which people indeed can experience those points that we talked about before the break of hope and healing and forgiveness and ultimately restoration. We have a guest who's about to join us, and I'll mention for the benefit of listeners, we're not going to give you his full name. We are intentionally distorting his voice in order to protect his anonymity, his background. You'll hear as we get into our dialogue with our guest. But let's talk a bit about how he first came to you and what he was hoping to see God accomplish in his life. Yeah, um, I'll let him uh, share a little bit about how um, his from his perspective, because I think it's very special in that respect. But I, I want to make sure that folks who might be listening hear that this uh, this individual who came to us, um, while it, it was the world to him that was caving in, uh, this is a fairly typical experience in the in the respect that this is uh, so widespread. And if you're listening to this right now and you can resonate with this individual, um, he, um, I'll let him speak for himself, but he, it was a very typical situation where he heard me speak uh, and he responded uh, to the Holy Spirit's prompting. And um, it happens to be a pastor who... Uh, that uh, came forward and asked for help, and the Lord touched him in such a special way that he can do the same for anybody listening to this today. Pastor Joseph, tell us a bit of what was going on in your life at the time when you first reached out to Avenue. Thank you, Craig, and thank you, Clay. Um, Yes, I am a pastor, and at the time that I reached out to Clay, I was serving as a military chaplain. So I'm highly trained and well-respected in my church, yet despite all of that, I found myself in this serious battle with lust, with pornography and sin. I had just returned from a very difficult deployment with the military to Iraq, where I lost several buddies to combat casualties. So I was angry, um, and I was grieving. And it was during that deployment to Iraq that I began looking at porn, partially to distract me from the craziness and the 
stress of the combat and the casualties. Porn, in kind of a strange way, provided a way for me to medicate my grief and anger. And at first it was very, very effective because it was such a distractor, so stimulating and so powerful. And I told myself, my self-talk was that when I get home, I'm going to stop. But when I got home, I didn't stop. I tried, but I couldn't. Instead, I found myself isolated. I stopped talking to my friends and my trusted Christian brothers. I was filled with shame and self-hatred. I felt totally phony. I felt so phony that I actually stopped uh, receiving Holy Communion because of my secret sinful life. So that's kind of the context. What strikes me is that some of what he describes, Pastor Clay, seems to be so typical of an addict of anything else, that there's that sense of, of a pain that we're trying to anesthetize or something going on in life that we're having a difficult time managing, and so it becomes a form of escapism. Some people choose drugs, others alcohol, and others, as in the case of Pastor Joseph, pornography. That's right. And one of the elements of this experience is, and Paul talked about this in Corinthians, where uh, sexual sin, sexual brokenness is different in the respect that it becomes one's identity from the inside out. Mm. And this is what was happening with uh, Pastor Joseph. And what then took uh, or part of this was not only the self-identity, but how the devil puts a story in your ear and how you repeat it thousands of times, maybe millions of times to yourself, and I believe that was part of what was going on. Well, let's talk about that sort of self-talk. I mean, as you mentioned, you are an educated man, you're involved in ministry, you're a learned individual. Clearly, at some level, Pastor Joseph, you had to have known that this was not healthy, that this could lead down a very dangerous road at many levels. What was the self-talk then that you were engaged in where you were somehow convincing yourself this was okay? Yes, this is very important. My self-talk was that I believed I was totally screwed up. I, I thought that if anyone knew the truth about me, they would agree that I had damaged my life beyond repair. So that was my self-talk and my story. It was a lie that I was telling myself that my marriage would never be healed, would never be good again. My life, I would never really experience God's good purposes for my life. I had gone too far, sinned too much, and I would never be the man, the husband, the father, the pastor, the brother that God had called me to be. In fact, I began to think and fear that I was actually not even a Christian, that I was lying to myself about that. Uh, How could a Christian be doing what I was doing? So I, I told myself, I'm lost. I'm doomed for hell. I made sure that I had the maximum life insurance possible, and I began to consider how I could take my own life and make it look like an accident. I, I began to think and grieve my own death, and I thought about how this would affect my wife, my children, my extended family, my friends. 
and in a way I was grieving my own death. One day when this was going on, one of my coworkers heard me weeping in my office and uh, tried to come in. My door was locked and he insisted he knocked on the door until I opened it. And I, I lied to him and I told him that I had lost a close friend. And my friend just put his hand on my shoulder and prayed for me. So there, there is kind of a, a craziness and, and an insanity that happens. At least I was feeling it, along with, I think, any addiction, and especially with porn addiction. And it was taking over my life, and I was believing a lot of lies and stories that I was telling myself. You must have gone through an enormous amount of internal torment in so far as the sense that in your your day job, you proclaim God's grace, you proclaim that no one is beyond the reach of Christ's blood on the cross, you, you teach that to others, and yet for yourself, seemingly you would resign yourself to the idea that somehow you would happen upon the one sin that God could never forgive you of, that God would never heal you from, and that you were perhaps, what, so overcome by a sense of guilt and shame that, that it created this dichotomy where there was almost two viewpoints about sin and grace in your life? Yes, it's, uh, it's a terrible feeling, and it is certainly a lie. Jesus told us that it is Satan's main characteristic, that he is a deceiver, and I was deceived. I was believing many lies about myself, and one of them, of course, was that I had out God's grace. I had flashes of sanity. There were... There were moments where I could think, and days where I could think clearly. And one of those days, I recalled meeting Clay Allen about a year before. And I remembered Clay telling me about his Avenue ministry and the compassion that he had for helping men get healed from sexual brokenness. I remember that he gave me a book. I searched my shelves and I found it. It was called Operation Destiny Boot Camp. And I I read through the introduction and the first chapter, and that day I decided that I would contact Clay Allen. So I sat down at my computer, I, I wrote a letter, I printed it, and I walked right out of my office across the street to the post office, and I mailed my letter to Clay Allen. And the moment that I dropped that letter into the mailbox outside the post office, I just was completely overwhelmed with terror. I thought, my God, what have I done? I must be crazy. I can't tell anyone about this. Clay could expose me. I'm going to be ruined. So imagine this. Here I am in my military uniform, an officer trying to reach my hand down and into this mailbox and retrieve my letter. Of course, I couldn't maneuver my arm into the mailbox, so I went inside the post office and I asked the postmaster if I could get my letter back. And he refused and told me, sir, that would be against the law. So I argued with him. And I politely demanded that he return my letter. I explained to him that my job was at stake. 
The postmaster did not appreciate my concerns at all, and he politely asked me to leave. And I continued to insist that he return my letter. Finally, the postmaster told me that if I did not leave the post office, he was going to call the police and have me arrested for disturbing the peace. Well, at that point, I decided to apologize on my left, and as I walked back to my office, here again my self-talk, it was something like, I am a desperate fool. I am stupid beyond imagination. I'm going to be exposed for the liar, the porn addict, the fool that I am. I should never have written that letter to Clay. No one will understand my situation, not even Clay Allen. My life is ruined. So that, that was all a lie, but I didn't know it at that point. I got back to my office, and I thought, what am I going to do? So I started making up a plan, an idea, and I thought, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call Clay Allen, and I'm going to ask him to burn the letter and not read it. And I played over in my mind how that conversation would go and what stories and lies I would tell Clay. It was always more lies at this point in my life. And it's amazing how, let me interrupt here if I can, Pastor Joseph, it's amazing how in this process the number of cover stories and distortions and self-lies and manipulation, not only of others, but you even do in your self-talk, all in a means to either try and bury the truth or avoid confrontation or at all costs the fear of what if I get found out? Yes. Deception is a slippery slope, and I was sliding at warp speed. My life had actually become a desperate trail of lies and cover-ups. It was becoming more complicated and more bizarre. I was no longer able to manage the lies. I wasn't even able to remember them or deal with the consequences of my own behaviors. So I felt like the insanity was just becoming a craziness. I felt like my brain sometimes was being reshaped. And I really believed that my life was about ready to explode in some kind of a disaster. However, about a week after I mailed my letter to Clay, I got a reply. And it was nothing that I had told myself that it was going to be. Instead, I read in a few beautiful sentences, Clay showing me compassion, understanding, grace, and outlining a door to healing, and an invitation to call him. So I telephoned Clay that next day, and we talked about what was going on in my life. And for the first time, my secret was out. I was no longer alone in this nightmare, and I had a spark of hope that because I was no longer alone, I was no longer completely a slave. And as Clay prayed with me and prayed for me, all I could pray was the only authentic prayer that I'd been able to pray for over a year, and it was something like, God, help me. Please, dear God help me. 
this began the process that essentially led to a major breakthrough in your life. Tell us about that journey. Yes, Fred. That phone call was the beginning of my healing journey. So I continued to read my Operation Destiny Avenue book. I began studying. I began doing the exercises, doing the work, and following the Five Point Avenue curriculum model. I talked with my pastor of the small church that we were going to, and we started an Avenue small group for men right there in the local church. We actually started three groups, and together with my 12 Avenue battle buddies, I worked through the four different tiers, four different uh, books of the Avenue curriculum. So my breakthrough came actually in steps as I became more honest and accountable, the lying stopped. I got free from porn. I got free from acting out. And I remember the first day of freedom. I remember the first week of freedom and purity. And I remember my first month of not looking at porn and not acting out. And finally, my first year. The Avenue model is all about gut-wrenching honesty, accountability, encouragement, confidential confession, and forgiveness. And these things helped me experience the breakthrough in my life that I did not think was possible. I think uh, the breakthrough really was in three major areas of my life. My own spiritual healing and restoring my fellowship with Jesus Christ the healing of my marriage, and then reaching out to other men, uh, eventually and especially my fellow pastors. You began this journey, Pastor Joseph, with fear and trepidation, particularly at the moment at which you dropped that letter into the mail slot. Looking back on this experience now, and in relationship to how things have changed in your key relationship with God and your spouse, your family, where are you at today? Where, where, where has God brought you today? That's a, that's a great question, Craig. Where the Lord brought me is he really brought me out of the muck of deception. Deception really became the characteristic of my life. Once I was a man of integrity, I lost that through deception. And fear and shame. These three things are like bizarre cousins, deception, fear, and shame. You know, I one time I thought, you know how I walked out of the muck, but actually I was carried by my brothers. I was like the lame man in Luke chapter 5 who could not walk, and his closest friends carried him to Jesus. About three months into my healing journey, I did something that I never thought was possible. I confessed to my wife the whole truth of what had been going on. My battle buddies in my Avenue group had been praying with me for a period of several months about this moment, and actually several of them were gathered together in a prayer group for me that evening when I told my wife. and. I need to tell you that I experienced a miracle. I experienced 
miracle of forgiveness through my loving wife, and the Lord healed our broken marriage. I thought, Craig, I thought that I had been successful in hiding everything from my wife. But after I confessed to her, I learned that she knew. No one had told her. I certainly had not told her, but she knew what was going on. And in time, I began to experience a very deep healing as the Lord restored my normal sexual drive and sexual arousal for my wife without my mind demanding any of the porn-infused fantasies. So I am now free from all of that, all of the lies, all of the deception, all of the shame and fear and obsessions that once held me as a slave. The, the other thing that happened is when I started that Avenue group, I began to really feel a burden for my fellow pastors that struggled. And I started a Avenue group for pastors only. It's a group for pastors who struggle with sexual brokenness, whatever it looks like, who need trusted brothers that will hear their confessions in a confidential setting. So we pray together, we hear each other, and we hold each other accountable, and we encourage one another. I did not know it when I started my healing journey, but starting those avenue groups was key and central to my own healing. Because as I began reaching out to other brothers who were caught in the muck of sexual sin, God began to replace all of my fears, all of, all of my worries, and all of the lies that I was telling myself, and he began to replace those with compassion and forgiveness for my brothers. I really did get my life back. And I got so much more, Craig, than I ever, ever could have imagined. That's the one aspect of this story that I think we need to emphasize, uh, Clay, and that is this is not simply a matter of stopping the activity of the locust feasting on your life. Not even a matter of God restoring you back to your original state, back to wholeness, but then on top of that, giving you so much more. What does the scripture tell us about going beyond anything that we can dream, think, or ask for? That's right. Well, thank you, uh, uh, Pastor Joseph. You've really touched my heart, and I know a lot of others. And it's just a a joy to serve you and your wife, your family, and the group that you're leading. Uh, What what Pastor Joseph just described was essentially found in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, where God says, According to his power, he is going to provide uh, exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask, hope, or think of according to the power that works in you. And what Pastor Joseph was essentially describing here is as he got involved in toxic sexuality, as he got into self-punishment, as he came out of that because he got tired and even the terror he talked about, Uh, What ended up happening as he goes through the healing process is there's a replacement of the toxic sexuality, and as that leaves his life, the Holy Spirit comes into his life in power. And so what God promises us there is that he will provide for us well beyond anything we could ever hope or dream or ask or pray for. And 
this is really incredible because you cannot experience his power, God's power, while you're involved in the toxic sexual lifestyle that uh, Pastor Joseph and myself have lived in the past. It's impossible because God is pure. He's holy. He cannot occupy the same space as that type of brokenness, that type of evil and so forth. And so whether you have been hurt in the past and are trying to medicate and cope uh, or whether you just tried to experiment, uh, whatever, however you got into the cycle of sexual brokenness, you've heard Pastor Joseph say that there is a way out and there is hope for you. And what you'll get in return is something far greater and more than you could ever imagine. And that's God promising. That's not me or anybody else. That's God's promise. And that goes uh, the same for any wife who has been betrayed and wants to uh, embrace hope and healing for herself. I'd like to thank Pastor Joseph for sharing his story and being candid with us today. And again, give you telephone number to call for more information. It's 877-326-7000. That's 877-326-7000. Or you can go online to avenue.works. That's avenue.works. All kinds of resources available there for you. So go online today and begin that process. Start that journey toward hope, healing, forgiveness, and restoration. We take this brief time out, back with more as Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. Again, that toll-free number for more information, 877-326-7000. That's 877-326-7000 or online at avenue.works. That's avenue.works. We continue our conversation in studio with Pastor Clay Allen, the founder and president of Avenue, a sexual restoration ministry. That story, I think, that Pastor Joseph shared before the break would cause anyone dealing with that, either from the spouse's viewpoint or the individual themselves, to sort of slam the brakes on and go, wow, that, that was me, or that is me. That's just described me exactly where I'm at today and described, too, my exact level of fear. There are a lot of people that, as we've shared the telephone number, we've shared the website address, have said, hmm, why do I feel like that guy, Pastor Joseph, with the hand reaching to drop the letter into the mail slot right now? How do we get past that feeling and begin this journey? Yeah. Well, realize that Jesus created us and to create us to experience his deep love for one another and for him. And when we stray from that, one of the greatest and deepest urgent needs that we have is to return to Jesus, to heal, to experience his transformation and his restoration. This is the answer to this problem. This is the number one problem in our church today, toxic sexuality. It's a silent pandemic, and the answer is Jesus and how you experience Jesus in the context of confidentiality. Pastor Joseph would not have ever come forward if this was not confidential, you can imagine. Uh, and so many of the pastor he, uh, that he is currently working with in his group, they wouldn't come forward either if it wasn't confidential. So Jesus always did things grace-filled without diluting the truth. And so this is why I want to implore people that are listening to this today to provide confidential, life-giving alternatives to dead-end behaviors and to, and to divorce. Our church is full of divorce and uh, dead-end behaviors along these lines. And, and the way that we start this in our churches is to reach out into our website or to call us 
and to start this program in your church. We can't do this alone. Uh, this is why God has called churches to exist, to have his answer and provide them to, to their congregation and to their community. And we just believe that we've seen the greatest response to healing and restoration when there is a uh, an element of confidentiality. In fact, even with pastors, we have a an element of anonymity where they don't even have to t- tell us who they are. And as they come forward and they see that it works, what ends up happening to the churches that start this is not only profound, but it's found in the Bible uh, because God promises certain things to take place if you individually decide I'm going to go God's way in this, or if I am a church and I decide to offer this help. And one of the very first things that happens when you start avenue groups in your church is that your group, uh, your your church starts to become more relevant, healthy, and safe because you're providing answers that people are desperate to, 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 to know. And these aren't just people in church. Uh, these are people in the community who are looking for answers and don't know where to look. And if you offer them as a church, the next thing that starts to happen is your church starts to grow in size and influence because you do have the answers uh, that people are looking for. And and again, in in uh, in an atmosphere of confidentiality and grace. And one of the um, interesting things that happens to churches at Start Avenue, uh, confidential groups, is they see that their tithing and volunteerism and the integrity starting to elevate in their churches. And, of course, this is the answer to virtually every pastor I know that uh, says, you know, we're all the volunteers, where's the tithing, in, in order to do what God's called us to do. And what ends up happening is men start to get free. You heard Pastor Joseph and many men like him that we've helped. They start to understand what freedom is. They start to experience it, and then they start to live it. And one of the ways that they live it is to help others. You heard Pastor Joseph say it so perfectly that a key and central to his healing was to start to help other men. When he started his first group, by the way, his first avenue group, he wasn't considered to be healed. Uh, He was still struggling. And he said, essentially, I need help. So I know a bunch of guys. Maybe I can just start to get together with them, and they can just start to pray with me. And they start working the avenue material. They were all kind of wounded at that point. So there is not necessarily a point where you have to be cleaned up in order to help somebody else. Uh, If you want help and you want to experience um, uh, helping others and helping yourself, um, there's no qualifications in God's eyes in, in that respect other than you say, hey, I want help. And we can start to help you in that way. Uh, and it's so critically important, isn't it, to take that first step? Because let's face it, the, the impact of the, the sexualization of society today is so pervasive at so many levels. And yeah. we've talked about this in the series in terms of impacting everything from arts and entertainment to news to uh, marketing between the Internet and Madison Avenue. We're surrounded by this. And so it really takes a concerted effort to decide, I'm going to surrender to God on this and begin working the program. And as you do that, slowly but surely, the Lord is able to begin sort of peeling back those layers of the embarrassment and shame and guilt and and self-condemnation that has kept you down and kept you crippled, crippled your ministry, crippled your relationship, crippled your ability to serve God to your fullest, stood in the way of relationships at so many levels because of this big secret barrier that is there. And so do you find for a lot of people it becomes the matter of just 
dropping the letter in the box, making the telephone call, going to the website, signing up for a group? Yes. The greatest thing that uh, one can do is come to their senses and uh, start start their journey back to the Father. The Father always, always honors that. And you see this in the story of the prodigal son where he got tired. He came to his senses, and just like dropping that letter in the mailbox, God will honor it. All the fear, all the scariness, all the terror that you think is going to happen, you trust God, and he'll take care of those uh, that, that fear, that terror in ways that you can't even imagine. One of the major things that we help men with is to overcome faulty belief systems uh, in our material. These are principles from the Bible that God talks about. And, and you heard Pastor Joseph talk about how he was able to overcome this self-talk through uh, truth and through uh, a faulty belief system being uh, smashed to smithereens and who he really is in Christ and uh, that he's the apple of God's eye and that God wants to protect him and his family. And so, yes, um, reaching out, asking for help, getting involved in our uh, one of our confidential groups or offering one of our confidential groups to men or to pastors or to their wives will always be honored by God. And uh, he has an amazing a set of blessings and benefits associated with that action, and uh, some of which we've touched on, but one of the uh, more interesting things that start to take place in a church that offers Avenue Confidential Groups is they start to increase and have greater impact for God's kingdom. And what I mean by that is we often think that if you start a, a, a confidential group in your church that you're somehow bound by geographic boundaries. While that might be true with somebody walking to your church or driving to your church, uh, we've started mobile groups in such a way that a church can have major impact outside their local area, regionally, uh, even nationally, even internationally. Uh, We've had groups where people are calling us from halfway around the world in order to get help. And this is profound to think that God can use you to have that kind of impact uh, all the way around the world. And that God can use you in that way. And Pastor Joseph has been helping pastors in that way and has uh, accelerated his healing and so many other healings as he, in turn, encourages his group, his pastors, and those that come uh, to us to also offer help to others. A whole new take on the uh, gospel mandate to take the gospel into all of the world, to Judea and Samaria and literally the uttermost parts of the earth. Again, that toll-free number for more information, 877-326-7000. That's 877-326-7000 or online at avenue.works. That's avenue.works. We'll take a brief time out. I want to come back with one final segment in our conversation with Pastor Clay Allen, and I want to talk about how God delivers on his promises as our conversation continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. Again, the toll-free number for more information about any of the topics we've discussed on today's program, and most importantly, information about resources available to you, your church, your ministry, at 877-326-7000. That's 877-326-7000 or online at avenue.works. That's avenue.works. With us today in studio, Pastor Clay Allen, founder and president of Avenue, a sexual restoration ministry. And Pastor Clay, through the course of our dialogue here over the last several weeks and in our conversation today, and as Pastor Joseph have shared, clearly God has an ideal, has a design for how he wants us to not only relate to 
our spouse, relate to our family, relate to him, but also the purpose and place in all of that of what human sexuality is supposed to be based on God's perfect design. In his word, and you talked about this briefly, but I want you to elaborate on it. In his word, God offers specific promises. And as people look at beginning to take this journey in recognizing that they've been through a very dark, fearful, shame-ridden, guilt-ridden path that's taken them down the road toward less than God's design for sexuality, and as they seek to find hope and help and forgiveness and ultimately restoration, as you begin to work the program, as you begin to surrender to the Lord, you talked about five key promises. Spend a moment, if you would, and sort of delineate exactly what those promises are and ultimately how God ends up delivering on this huge package of grace he's ready to send to the direction of everyone listening today that's struggling with this issue. That's right. Whether you're a man, a pastor, or a woman that's been impacted, God has the idea that he wants you to be heaven's hero. Uh, and uh, this is a hero to your congregation, your community, uh, uh, a courageous person who stands up for right things um, and is a hero to your spouse, uh, future spouse, your kids or future kids. There are, th- this whole topic of sexual uh, brokenness, toxic sexuality is not new as we know. There is an epic battle that took place in the, in the Bible over this very topic. It's uh, referred to in the New Testament. Uh, Paul refers to it where in one day, just in one day, there was over 20,000 people that died from a sexual plague that impacted the uh, Israeli people. And w- the story uh, unfolds where Israel was very strong militarily. They were very strong economically, kind of like the United States right now. And they had an enemy, the Midianites, and they wanted to attack Israel, but they knew they couldn't do it economically or militarily. So they came up with a very sinister plan to use toxic sexuality, and it worked. They would send in prostitutes and women to have sex with the Israeli men and the officers. And while they were having sex with these um, uh, men, they would get them to bow down to their gods, plural, with a small g instead of the living God, singular, with a capital G. And it was working in droves until one day God taps Moses on the shoulder and says, you have any idea what's going on with my people? And, of course, Moses didn't know what he was talking about, right? Kind of is a great illustration of the church today, uh, that we don't know really what's going on with our congregants and our community, uh, perhaps even on our staff. So God says, I'm really upset about this, Moses. I want you to take all those that have been involved in this uh, um, behavior and their leaders. I want you to execute them in broad daylight to show all my people how angry I am about this, uh, uh, this whole behavior that they've undertaken. Now, imagine just for a minute who Moses executes. It's it's, it's brothers, it's nephews, it's uncles, it's neighbors, it's people he does business with, his friends. Moses is so distraught over this that he and all the leaders go to the entrance of the tent of the meeting place, gets on his knees, starts tearing his clothes, pounding his body, and begging God for forgiveness for having gotten involved as a community in this heinous act. In the process of this experience, a man in the audience comes forward with one of these prostitutes and presents her to Moses and then proceeds to go into a tent right in front of Moses and have sex with her. 
And that is absolutely heinous. I, I see. I understand. I agree. But I'm here to say to those listening, this is happening in your church hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times every single week as toxic sexuality is impacting uh, your church, your men, your women, even pastors on a scale that is unimaginable. As this man is having sex in the tent with this woman, another man in the audience sees what's going on, a young man, a PK, a pastor's kid of all things, and he says, I am not going to stand for this, runs over to a soldier, grabs a soldier's spear, runs into the tent, and drives the spear through the man and the woman at the same time, killing them instantly. And God says that the sexual plague of immorality that was wiping out Israel stopped instantly the moment he killed that man and that woman. It's a profound story where God then says that he promises five distinct promises for that young man and anybody who stands up for God's right way of doing sex. We call it sexual integrity. The first is peace. If you're struggling with this issue as a church, as an individual, as a wife, the first thing that you thank God for is his gift of peace because you need peace in the midst of this kind of chaos. Secondly, he promised a mantle of priesthood over this, uh, this uh, topic of sexual integrity because uh, God designed men and women uh, with respect to a mantle of priesthood of sexual integrity to be a person who is trustworthy and confidential because people are going to seek you out to talk to you about their sexual struggles at that point. And the third promise You have to go a couple of chapters later in the story to see this promise, but uh, God promised victory over this. And uh, he told Moses to go wipe out the Midianites, and it didn't matter uh, what size of army the Midianites had. What God said is he wanted a very small army for Israel because he wanted them to be outnumbered so that God got the glory for the victory instead of the Israelites. So they go into battle, and they literally wipe out all the Midianites with a very small army. And uh, that, so that's the third uh, third promise, victory. doesn't matter what the stats are. doesn't matter how many people are involved in this. God has promised us victory no matter how many people are involved. And the fourth promise was right after the battle, they took a census to find out how many soldiers Israel lost. And to their utter amazement, they had zero casualties. So protection was the fourth promise that if you go into this battle, you decide that you want to drop the letter in the mail, if you want to make the phone call, you want to get involved in getting help, God promises to protect you, your family, your finances, your future, your destiny. And the fifth promise was when they wiped out the Midianites, they had so much plunder to gather, it took them days. Uh, The fifth promise is abundant provision. They brought all this plunder back to the Israeli camp, divided half between the army, half between the church. And they made a special offering to make a monument uh, to never, ever, ever forget the victory that God gave them over toxic sexuality. And I'm here to say that we're part of that monument because we're still talking about that victory. And I believe these five promises, peace, a mantle of priesthood, victory, protection, and abundant provision is available to any person, any church that says, not on my watch, and takes a spear, if you wish, avenue, Not to spear people, but to spear the hell that's overtaking people and put a stop to this. And then to help people experience their God-designed destiny, which is absolutely perfectly described by Pastor Joseph and so many other people that we've helped. They get their life back and so much more because of the power working in and through and for them. 
Let me encourage you to take that first step today. It can be frightful. It can be intimidating. No doubt many of the same things that went through the mind of Pastor Joseph are running through yours right now. But waiting for you on the other side is that hope and healing and forgiveness and restoration and fulfillment of those five promises. Just take the first step. Call toll-free 877-326-7000. That's 877-326-7000. Or online at avenue.works. Think of the extension .com, .net, all that, right? Avenue.works, W-O-R-K-S. Avenue.works or toll-free 877-326-7000. Always confidential. I'd like to thank Pastor Clay Allen, founder and president of Avenue Ministries, for being with us today. It's a joy and an honor, Craig. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.